Swagoo and Perk, an ESPN podcast led by its namesake hosts, Marcus Spears, that's Swagoo, and Kendrick Perkins, that's uh, Perk. We've got new episodes every Tuesday morning. Spears and Perkins will bring listeners the latest NBA and NFL news, as well as a look inside their lives, career journeys, and their can't-miss conversations. That's Swagoo and Perk. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, and also available on ESPN's YouTube channel. Hello, welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast. We talk about the NBA coming on Thursday morning. Joining me from New York City, right by the Garden, if I'm not mistaken. That is correct. Where you attended Grizzlies Knicks on Wednesday night. I sure did. Saw the best show in the NBA. It was great. When you say best show, are you talking about Jaron Jackson's lime green winter like raincoat thing? I'm talking about everything with the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are the most fun team to watch on the court. They're the most fun team to listen to off the court, as our guy Ben McMahon uh, wrote a terrific story about uh, yesterday going into the game. They are they are awesome on every front. Let's let's bring in Ben McMahon, who is uh, joining us from Salt Lake City where he was at the Jazz Nuggets game on Wednesday night. I was, I, I was at the Jazz Nuggets JV game. I am right across the street from the <laughs> Square Arena. Uh, had to move. I no longer have the view. Now I have a view of like some power lines or whatever. But uh, Wait yeah. a minute. You better say howdy partners. Otherwise, I'm going to get in trouble. Oh, my goodness. Howdy partners. I am sorry. It's early in the morning out here. I don't know what, you know, my manners don't really activate until uh, till I wake up. Hopefully that. Little cold brew I drink kicks in soon. Howdy, partners. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we had to get him up early today because McMahon's got to, or uh, Bontemps has to get back to New York or uh, back to Boston later. Boy, I'm all over the place. Um, yeah, McMahon, you had a story that published, was it on Wednesday or Tuesday? About Wednesday. Yeah. T- time for that ESPN game the Grizzlies were so eagerly anticipating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, basically, well, I'll let you tell us what's in that story. I mean, you, you guys should all check it out. But it's before, terrific. Because let me just say, Bon Temps um, got very excited about the Grizzlies. I'm sure he's still he was really keyed up last night. I wasn't mm-hmm. sure he was still going to be keyed up, but it seems like he is. I'm keyed up. So uh, before we turn him loose, tell us what you. Uh, I mean, you you followed the Grizzlies for for years for us now, but yeah, I mean, in in a nutshell, they are just the most fun team in the NBA right now. Look, they feel like they're contenders. They've got the third best record in the league. You know, as that story spells out, they haven't done anything in the playoffs to, you know, prove that, but they certainly are confident they can, they will, they're on the verge of something big. But this is a team that is ridiculously fun to watch. As Bontemp said, they might be even more fun in, in, in the postgame stuff. They are a delightfully cocky bunch of young kids. And man, <laughs> you know, the, the LeBron scene with LeBron, you know, acting like the grumpy uncle at the, at the barbecue who's finally losing a pickup game uh, and, and doesn't like it, um, you know, just cussing them out in the middle of the game. Uh, and then, you that know, was I, Desmond Bain, right? He cussed it, out it was Bain. Desmond Bain was the primary target of LeBron. It was sort of the entire team because the entire yeah. team was kicking them up and down the court. But Desmond Bain's one who, who really got under his skin. And so I, you know, I see him, uh, two and a half, three weeks later. And I'm thinking, well, you know, it's a pretty interesting scene to be perfect for this story. Um, I wonder, you know, wonder if they'll be willing to talk about, it. not only were they willing to talk about it, they were <laughs> eager. I mean, they are proud of that moment. 
And, I'm you know, glad you asked. Yeah, yeah. And it's like John Morant said, that moment pretty much sums up who the Grizzlies are. They are a team that they're going to talk their talk. You know, they're going to hoop and they're not backing down from anybody. And, and Bane, I mean, they're just, they're funny. They're a funny bunch of kids. Like Bane kind of runs me through the whole thing, just very matter of factly. And then after he goes through the whole, as he calls it, that little ordeal that everybody saw at the free throw line, <laughs> he goes, <laughs> After that, I mean, we were up 25 or 30 points. So I went over there and rested. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> and wait, he laughed. <laughs> not everybody may know exactly what happened. So can you re- recount? The- yeah, January 9 at the uh, arena formerly known as the Staples Center. The crypt. Uh, the, the, the Grizzlies were putting on a show. And the, this game is people probably remember mostly for John Morant's ridiculous chase down, grab the ball at the top of the square, block on A.B. Bradley. Um, and so, you know, the Grizzlies are leading by double figures, and then they just go on this huge run in the third quarter. And, you know, it, it's Bain throws a, a, a lob to Morant where he has to duck his head to avoid hitting on the rim, which I think we can all relate to. <laughs> um, you know, Bain hits a and, – and by the way, on that lob uh, – that that fast break started with an A.V. Bradley pull-up air ball three where oh. LeBron slumps his shoulders, and then his transition defense did not get him past the free throw line in the backcourt. Um, <laughs> There's a whole sizzle reel of those types of possessions for LeBron this year. Yeah, season. and so – and then, you know, Bain hits another shot, talks some, talks some stuff. Uh, another, uh, another turnover leads to another fast break. LeBron takes his time getting back on this one. Uh, Bain's open for a, a trailer three because of it. LeBron kind of, I'm not gonna say closes from behind, but it, as, as the ball went through the, the net, Bain says, them footsteps ain't scaring nobody. LeBron did not, <laughs> LeBron did not like that. Uh, the next possession, he comes down, he turns it over. Zaire Williams, who was playing with Bronny James at Seattle High School a couple that years ago. That is crazy. That he is scoops crazy. it up. They're, they're back yeah. in transition. You know, Ja wheezes his way through. He gets hacked. Uh, almost still gets an A one. They're all hugging them on the baseline, giggling, laughing. The Grizzlies, it is a grand old time for the Memphis Grizzlies. Bane comes in there, he's hooting, hollering, high-fiving. And LeBron said, he steps to the middle of the paint, gets right in Bane's face. That's the last time. That's and you can read the story because I, you know, our, our producers did. There's Dave a lot of Jackson, belief, so it would be needed. I don't I don't want to put them through that much work. They would have to, <laughs> this thing wouldn't get out until Saturday with all the bleeps that, that came from that point on. <laughs> Um, but long story short, Bane barks back. You know, the Grizzlies are smiling there. They were enjoying that moment. They completed uh, a, a blowout win. And look, you saw it last night in, in New York. There's there's yeah. going to be chippy, chippiness, chirping. As, as John Moran explained to me, there will be drippiness. <laughs> I asked him to describe the Grizzlies culture. He thought, he said, drippy. <laughs> if anybody knows what that means. And I thought I did, but I, I did look it up on UrbanDictionary.com just to be sure. The, the, the rough translation for folks of our demographics is uh, a supreme level of swagger. And that's what, the, that's what this team has. Yeah, they did it at, uh, in L.A. And then they did it. I mean, by the way, they've just collected like seven or eight spectacular road wins this year. They've got probably the most impressive road um, portfolio. And... Not, not that last that was that impressive because the Knicks aren't that good, but um, they came in with their drippy, their drippy swag. How about that? Is that, a, is that redundant? 
they came in with their drippy swag, uh, Bon Temps, and um, infected you with their enthusiasm. Well, I mean, listen, that, I that's them, hard to do. I saw them in Brooklyn six weeks ago, and it was the same thing. I mean, they're just they're just the most fun. It's like the man said, they're the most fun team in the league. They're they're talking, they're talking, they're talk off the court. They play like it on the court. They're flying around. You know, they're ninety seconds into the game last night. They're throwing down alley oops. Uh, John Morant nearly ripped the rim off at the end of the first half with a ridiculous full court series of passes. Ball never touched the ground ends with him almost jumping over the backboard and dunking it. The end of the game, he tries to jump over Mitchell Robinson. I thought he might have killed himself. He tries to jump over Mitchell Robinson and dunk it. Gets knocked to the ground, hops right up. After the game, he's like, yeah, I wasn't really trying to dunk it. I was jumping off one foot. That tells you I wasn't really trying to dunk the ball. I mean, (laughs) they... He shot nine for 27 last night. Desmond Bain was four for 18, the 13 for 45 together. And like the Knicks were playing pretty well. I mean, I know the Knicks are in a rough stretch, but the Knicks weren't playing bad and they were just casually pounding them into the ground the whole game. Every time the Knicks would make a run to get back in it, they would push back, lead back up again. Just Zaire, Zaire Williams had a really good game. Obviously his first game at the garden. And it was one to remember. He shot the ball really well. Well, yeah, and he, and he struggled on Monday. They lost in Philly to the, to the Sixers. Joel Embiid didn't play. Yeah. And Zaire was pretty bad in that game. And he comes back as a big game, career high 21 points. They win the game. And he comes in to do media after Jaron and, and Ja. And they get the podium. Of, he gets a podium game in his first game at the Garden. Well, he gets yeah. a podium game in MSG. But beyond that, like Jaron and Ja, like they start, like they move the chairs around for him. They set him down. They ask him. <laughs> oh, they, 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 were, they, were, they, were, they were cleaning off his drip. They, yeah, they, like they, they made a big production of it for they, sure. But that but that moment and another one from earlier in the year, John Conchar, who's a, mm-hmm. a backup guard, who's a, a nice player off the bench for Memphis, had like 17 or 18 rebounds in a game, yeah. and he gets the walk-off interview in a game in Memphis. The whole team sprints over and is giving him love after the game. Like, they... They have, they're just such a connected group. Mm-hmm. And McMahon obviously saw that being around them. Like, they, they genuinely enjoy being around each other and playing together. And it's just a refreshing team to be around because like they're just having infinite fun all the time. Yeah. And, and it's, it's really, it's great to see. And it, it is, it's like an AAU team on a summer tour, you know, and they're just a bunch <laughs> yes. of kids having fun. Um, and you know, the, the Zaire Williams. So he misses jock kicks it out to him with the end. First of all, they shouldn't have been, it shouldn't have been that close, but he kicks it out to him with the game on the line. He misses a corner three, uh, you know, the, the last shot of that game. And so after that game in Philly, Job made a point basically to say, nobody better be blaming him. You know, I had nine turnovers. I missed some big time clutch free throws. You know, this, this one's on me. Da, da, da. And they were so proud of the way, you know, again, this he's not just a rookie. He is a kid. Like he was LeBron or Bronny James teammate two years ago. He's yep. a baby. And they were just so proud of the way that he bounced back and 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 delivered in that moment. And you mentioned Jod didn't have a great game last night. Bain couldn't couldn't throw it in the ocean. Um, but like, and you, you we didn't need that to to know like this Memphis team is much more than a one man show or, or two man show. I mean, remember when Ja went out with a knee injury, this team went ten and two. So he is yep. he is absolutely the best show in basketball. But but they're not a they're not a one man show. It's funny though, when you talk about Grizzlies games, like you mentioned the game in Brooklyn, and like you you can remember Grizzlies games based on the best jaw highlights. 
So the game in Brooklyn, you remember him just soaring through the lane, like over a crowd yeah. Yeah. Uh, in Duncan. You know, you mentioned, uh, like, if you mentioned them winning in Phoenix, you remember him, you know, beating Macau Bridges and, and figuring out a way to contort his body and finish for the game winner uh, in traffic. And they're just an absolute highlight factory. And they are not only very good at creating highlights, but they're great at celebrating them both in the moment and then post game online. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, and they're also just flat out really good. And the, the thing that's taken them to another level for me and why I think they got a legit shot to get out of the West this year is the way Jaron Jackson Jr. has evolved yes. as big. Like he he's become a legitimate defensive force. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the best defensive bigs in the league now and having him back there flying around like Julius Randle kept trying to drive at him yesterday and he just, it was just getting swallowed up by this guy every time. And, you know, with him playing that way on the back line with all the depth they have across the board, the pace and the speed they play with. And, you know, jaws just at another level in terms of being able to get where he wants to go. Um, you know, look, you look at with Draymond having back issues, you know, we'll see you know, Phoenix has got some older players. We'll see where Chris Paul's at in May and June. Like this Memphis team just screams out the 2010, 11, 2011, 12 Oklahoma city thunder to me. And it just, they, they are on a very rapid ascent yeah. up. And it, I like, if you told me they're in the finals this year, at this point, I would not be surprised. Like he they're, wants, they're, they're he wants to he wants to predict them McMahon, but he just can't because they just I'm, they've never won they've never well, won a playoff. I'm just so well McMahon is the one to. who hasn't wanted to be the number one team in the power rankings because they never won a playoff. You gotta, you gotta win a playoff series with that core before I put just you number one in the power. Also, listen, it's ridiculous. I, I, I I'm gonna tell you, I learned the hard way not to doubt Chris Paul because of aging concerns. Okay, I, because I was among those who thought he, he was going this way. His well, last year he, in Houston, and so I mean, I'm, I'm just talking about. That dude. I'm just talking the guy, about the guy health. got salary dumped. The guy yeah, got salary. I'm just talking dumped. about him not, mm -hmm. you know, staying healthy. I mean, look, they because, but like a, a Phoenix Memphis series would be amazing. Like it would be, be fun, an amazing and, series. Here's and, the thing and, about Memphis: they started the season nine and ten. Jaron Jackson coming off the knee injury he was not good. He was terrible. Then twenty-seven and eight. Yeah, twenty-seven and eight since then. And by the way, that run started when Ja got hurt, which I is know. just insane. I know. Yep. So, so 27 and 8 since then, they were like the 28th or 29th defensive team 20 games in. Now they're eighth. So I don't I didn't run the numbers, but I'll bet they're a top three defense. I'm gonna in pull those. it up right now, buddy, while you're while you're talking. Um, yeah. So like, yeah, they got the third best record in the in the league, but like you almost created on a curve after the first 20 games since that's since that part, sort of the 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 last 30 games whatever it is last 35 mm -hmm. games they may have been the best team them and them in phoenix phoenix just doesn't seem to lose yeah uh, phoenix. yeah well, one of one of phoenix's few losses has been memphis going in there yeah memphis At going home. in there and by the way ja has made three or four i mean when you say show me ja moran highlights you think about dunks or, or the or the great block Ja has made three or four of the most highest difficulty layups I've ever seen this just this season, like under pressure at the end of games. Makes yeah, them ja, look routine. Ja like, is he's he's obviously incredibly athletic and and, you know, one of the best dunkers in the league. But like he's up there with Kyrie as far as like the the best below the rim 
just skill, finesse, contort yeah. your body, but, you know, touch yeah. both hands type of finishers too. So Zion is, is Zion is the best paint scorer I've seen since Shaq, his ability to score in the paint. Obviously Kyrie is one of the greatest finesse scorers ever his ability to get the ball up on the rim and the, on the, on mm-hmm. the backboard and crazy stuff to happen and get through traffic. But Jaws level of difficulty, his ability to score through contact and traffic for his size is just Jaws like a combination of Kyrie and Derek Rose. Yeah, he is. And he's also got, yeah. he's got that floater where if he can't get all the way to the rim, he can stop on a dime, go straight up and up and up and up <laughs> and right. up and up. And then he's got really nice touch on that floater and he's, and he's a great passer. And, you know, it's interesting. um, Draymond green went on with, uh, with our colleague, JJ Reddick on his podcast. And they ask about the smartest players you've played against. And he named the guys you would expect LeBron CP three Rondo. And he, but he said, John Morant is the guy who is, is coming uh, in, into that group. And so you're talking about this guy who's just an unbelievable athlete who is also extremely skilled, both ball handling, finishing and all that, and is smart. And like, if you think about their highlights, he's throwing more alley-oops than he's catching. Sure <laughs> and is. a lot of those alley-oops he's throwing yeah. are created because of the way, you know, he, like so many guys who have just ridiculous athleticism and speed, they don't change speeds. He manipulates the defense by changing speeds. By you know, by by changing, you know, manipulating the angles, he's really, really good. And they've got a you know a bunch of town around him. And and Bon Temps, to your point, uh, Jackson is an all defensive candidate without question because he's swatting everything in sight. And at six eleven, he can he can get out there and defend guards in the perimeter. And, and used to be he would get in foul trouble. That's not a problem anymore. Since since they started this run on November twenty eighth. Grizzlies 104.1 defensive rating, number one in the league by an entire point over the Warriors. And they have cap space this summer. And three first round picks in this coming draft. Potentially three first round picks in this draft. Yeah, they have cap space. Um, The Mississippi River's not quite as advantageous a recruiting thing as as either of the oceans. Well, I'm not (laughs) saying you should, Brian, you should lay out why they might only have three first round picks because it's kind of amazing. This is actually kind of interesting. We're going to transition to trade deadline talk right now. And the Grizzlies have some, have some play in this. It's because of the Lakers pick. Now, um, the Lakers got a, a good win on, uh, if you can call a win over the Blazers, a good win, which right now you have to give. The hey, it's, it's, imp- it's, it's imperative to stay in the play-in tournament. The, listen, the, the Lakers got between the ninth and 11th seeds in the, the West. Lakers got a win, which any one of those qualifies as good for the Lakers these days. Right. So um, the Lakers right now, if the season ended today, would have the 13th pick, but um, it's, it's tight. They have, they have the, they only have one fewer loss than the team that would be 10th, which is the Knicks. And the reason that's relevant is that, you know, the pick that the Lakers have this year is going to the Pelicans for as part of the Anthony Davis trade. The Pelicans have subsequently traded that pick. Um, it was part of that mm-hmm. really big trade last year at the draft where Steven Adams and the Rice Desire Williams, by the way, look at the Grizzlies, another good draft maneuver. Um, uh, and, and another one that wasn't exactly, you know, 
a consensus hit at the time. Right. But was it surprising he he went tenth? He went yes. he was a tenth. It, it, it was considered yes. a pretty big reach. So, because Zaire was a major recruit to um, Stanford and had a, and had a rough freshman year. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So anyway, um, Stephen Adams, Eric Bledsoe, and the number ten pick, and. <laughs> Uh, this the, the this Lakers pick, if it is outside the top ten, if it falls eleven through thirty, which everybody would assume it did, goes to Memphis. Jonas Valanciunas and the number seventeen pick, which is Trey Murphy, mm -hmm. ends up going to um, to New Orleans, and then they rerouted Bledsoe out to the Clippers. Um, and basically, they got that they got this Lakers pick as the cost of taking Bledsoe. Yeah, if it doesn't convey this year it goes to two seconds but the point is this the lakers pick if is unprotected and if it's in the top 10 which you know come on we didn't think that was a, any chance at all you know even no matter pelicans, what you thought about the West, pelicans didn't think it was a real chance at all well but they true but when they traded it to memphis they protected it to keep in the top 10 just to sure. cya sure so the Lakers, especially with LeBron uncertain with his knee, and like there's been almost no update on it. The Lakers aren't saying what it is. He's been away <laughs> from the team, quote, getting options. Um, I don't like hearing getting options. Um, you know, and I'm not saying it's like season threatening, but I mean, every game they play without him is is, is a problem. And so the Grizzlies had been thinking they were going to get that pick. But more importantly, if you're the Pelicans, and you're in trade talks, which the Pelicans are in a lot of, which we'll talk about in a second. You could sort of, you know, hedge your bet against the Lakers. You could say to the Pelicans, all right, I want that, that top 10 pick from the Lakers because I think the Lakers are going to end up with a top 10 pick this year. You could basically sort of short the Lakers um, this year if you wanted to. So the Grizzlies may get that Laker pick. You know, right now they would. If the season ended today, the Lakers would have the 13th pick, and assuming no jump in the lottery, they would uh, they would convey it to Memphis. But so yeah, Memphis has three firsts in this draft. Um, all yeah, they also have the Utah. Mm -hmm. So likely three non-lottery picks. Um, well, I don't know. Maybe the Lakers will be a lottery pick, but uh, maybe it'll be like 10 or, or, or 12 or 13. Um, and they have cap space. So I'm I'm not arguing that they're going to go out and sign, um, you know, James Harden, uh, which would be the worst idea in the world. But uh, I am saying that this team isn't done with. Well, and, and Zach Kleiman, their, their GM, who's done a great job kind of with this rapid rebuild. You know, he, he, he knows how to use cap space in, in ways that benefit your team other than signing a free agent. Um, you know, they got the, the Warriors 2024 first, by eating Andre Iguodala's salary. Well, and ended up trading him in, in the one move that didn't pan out uh, right. for Zach Kleiman. I mean, you know, facilitating other, like there's, there's a lot of, a lot of ways that, that you can use cap space to, uh, to get assets other than just signing a free agent. And so look, they've got a really talented group now. I don't, based on my discussions with, with folks, I don't anticipate that they'll be aggressive leading into this trade deadline just because things are going so well, unless it's something. I, I think oh, yeah, only if it's like a grand slam home run. I don't that's think it. they're yeah, going to. Right. I would agree yeah. with that too. Yeah. Yep. Obviously they'll, you know, they'll, they'll listen, but they're not, 
they're not certainly not looking to shake anything up unless it's something that they feel like, wow, this really moves us forward. They don't feel any need to fast track something that's already, you know, moving along much, much quicker than anybody anticipated. All right. Yep. So let's talk a little bit about trades. So uh, before we do, I uh, want to uh, go over this week's trivia question. Uh, oh, last week, yes. I, forgot to, I forgot to do the trivia and we had to oh. edit it in after. Did, did our listeners notice that I edited it? Some, well, I some stellar it. work by our host, yeah. McMahon. <laughs> stellar work. Yeah. CarMax has taken away his ride for a month. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this, uh, this trivia question is brought to you by CarMax. Shop online and on the lot with home delivery in select markets with CarMax. Okay. How about this one? What NBA starter this season? And I say starter only because I don't want any shenanigans with like some guy who comes off the bench for, uh, for, for winning time. What NBA starter has the best winning percentage? So, so what NBA starter and I'll give you a hint. He's an all-star. It does his does 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 his team have the best winning percentage when he plays? He's an all-star starter, or he well, will the, be. The, the, the reserves haven't been announced yet, so I would have to say yes, he's an all-star starter. Hmm. <laughs> I would I would have gone I would have gone Chris Paul, but that that he would not qualify. That would there. be incorrect. Well, no crap, Bond Timms. <laughs> I realized that that's why I asked for the clarification. Is this, uh, this I believe this go on. I believe the answer by my guess would, uh, well, I'm going to guess I'm going to be, I'm going to second guess myself. I'm going to say the answer is Joel Embiid. That is correct. Joel Embiid and the is seven, uh, 76ers are 27 and 11. When he plays, he's played 38 of their 50 games. I don't know if it's enough to qualify for MVP Wait, consideration. Of, that gives him the best record as, an, as a starter? I, I think you need to check your numbers, dude. Uh, uh, he's uh, So far this season, Embiid has played 38 of his team's 50 games. In those 38 games, the 76ers have a 27. Oh, my God. I can't believe I botched this. The Suns are 41-9, and nine, bro. I botched it. Badly. I botched it. I botched it. Terribly. This is what happens. I didn't do this till I did. <laughs> what, what an unbelievable uh, mess up. You are oh fired by car. Oh my God. I, you know what? I don't want this job anymore. I want to, I want to. Bond since you're now in charge of the CarMax trivia question. I'm going to have to be. I'm like, this can't Just be right. Unbelievable. It's good, but it ain't good. all this guy, all this. That's why I second guessed myself. I assumed it couldn't be good enough. By the way, this is just another chance for Brian to whine about his incorrect take from last year. He's just continuing to come back out to of all the over and yeah, over I, I, as I now read, make up a fake all... trivia question with that incorrect, incorrect data. So uh, I can just I, come back and try I'm, to make a bad joke. As I'm okay. reading the stat from stats and info. Uh, asterisk out of all players that do not play for the Warriors or Suns. <laughs> right. Just, just, just uh, look at you. Brought to you by Carmax. What player, <laughs> other than the players for the Suns? It's, it's not even a good trivia question if I take out the Suns and Warriors. All right, all right. let me, let, let that, me. That's brought to you by Carmax. <laughs> uh, shop online or on the lot with home delivery. It's like markets. You think Carmax wants to double up on that, on that, that quality <laughs> content? My point is, Embiid is really good. Even if he misses a few games. 
Yeah, it, it, which oh, is a point oh, that no one has argued in a calendar <laughs> year, and you continue to bring it up. So great! I'm glad. Apparently I'm glad we got, glad we covered argue. it again. Apparently, a lot of people argue it. I can't believe I botched that. That's so embarrassing. <laughs> botched this entire argument for a year. That I have was... not. I have not. I feel good. About, I feel good. I, I feel as the days go by, I feel better and better about. I mean, that. you clearly feel good about it. You continue to reference it. So. You okay. Really do you want to do you want another trivia question? No, we there's no no, there's no coming back from that. This, it's no, just to move along. <laughs> We're going to roll. With that. All right. It. All right. Well, yes, of course. We are. A, what else are we going to do? I have a new trivia question. I have a new one. On Wednesday night, Joel Embiid <laughs> had his 18th, 18th straight game with 25 points, tying LeBron for the longest streak this season. The only other seven footers in NBA history to record 18 consecutive 25 point games are Wilt and There's Shaq. Wilt is correct. Shaq is not on this list. Shaq which I'm is sure not. I didn't David get Robinson. Wrong. Good guess, but no. Was was uh this this guy it, was known for scoring some points. Is a keen count as a seven footer because he well, wasn't Kareem. in reality? Oh, Kareem. Hmm. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That's Jackson and NBA Stats and Info sent it to us. Will the, edit- will the editors edit out my mistake? Absolutely not. No. If, if, we'll they find- do, if they we'll do, find- we're protesting. Yeah. That yeah. trivia question is brought to you by CarMax. <laughs> the, the world, the world will know. The world will know if it is edited out. The, the, the let's pump up the process <laughs> trivia question of the week. <laughs> anyway, I don't, he doesn't have to pump them up. Because he's doing it on his own. Just stand Eastern Conference Player of the Month. I don't know. Uh, they, they had to sit him down to beat the Grizzlies. Jokic, uh, Western Conference. Then played him to lose to the Wizards. Man, I tell you interesting what, Jokic, Jokic has a little toe and back-to-back, six games, nine nights. He rested last night. I was, man, I wanted it. Come on, man. You get a chance to see Jokic play live. And, and Michael Malone, he robbed me of that. I was upset. Mm, yeah, that was a... He would been he'd been banged up. Um, jazz. The Jazz were not upset because yeah, they needed that win. They, they sure the did. Win. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. If only starting your fitness journey was as easy as starting this podcast. The truth is all the lift big, get big, and beach body ready in three weeks pressure stops most of us from even starting. And starting is what matters most. It's everything. Wherever you're beginning and wherever you want to be, Peloton encourages you to just start. With thousands of classes to get you moving and doing what you can, even if that's just a 10-minute low-impact class, they have those too. And when you're ready, take it up a gear with a 30-minute live DJ ride. Start with Peloton and find instructors that will keep you motivated to stay on your fitness journey. Learn the basics and build from there. Remember, doing something is everything. Get started with a Peloton bike or Bike Plus rental at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. Terms apply. So we'll talk about the Jazz here in a minute. First off, I want to talk about the Pelicans. Not that I think that the Pelicans are like the super most interesting team, but a couple of things. 
Number one, we are, by my count, almost two weeks late on our alleged next update on Zion Williamson. He left the team and went to Portland. We were told he'll be back. He'll get his next round of tests in two to three weeks, and we'll have an update. Two to three weeks has passed. Four weeks has passed. We have no update on Zion Williamson. That's what I'm going to say there. So, Wendy, updates on Zion, it's like scheduled start times for for our podcast and you. (laughs) It's like there's a time when they say it's going to happen, and then there's a time when when you actually show up. I was a couple minutes late. To this also, but also, yeah, probably trying to get the, the damn trivia question that he bought. I was, I was, trying yeah, of course, to just great, just botched. professional work, just super professional. I was, work. That is our I hoop was, collective leader. I was, <laughs> I was preparing for our hoop collective short on YouTube, which is going to be on the greatest trade deadline moves of the last 20 years. Um, I was doing all of that research and I go, Oh my God, I forgot about our trivia question. And so then he did no research and botched it. There we go. I did, on, on we I go. Did, I did half bleep research, which was, well, which, well, how kids, will NBA? You know, this, is a, well, <laughs> this is a lesson to our young listeners that don't do, you know, half bleep work. And then you get these, these kind of results. I'm I Bontemps, I'm farming it out to you, the trivia question. I'm delegating. There you go. Sure. Well, he's farming out to you because he doesn't trust me to do any homework either. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll I'll make sure we don't have failed trivia questions starting next week. So. Uh, all right. Um the Pelicans from the folks I'm talking to, even though Zion is unsure and like there's eerie quiet here, because you know, they like to give Zion updates like every 10 minutes that he's out, he's out, he's out, he's out, he's out. Um and uh, they're pretty active looking to buy, even though Ow. they're outside the top 10 right now. And like, look, maybe they maybe they won't be able to buy. Maybe they won't find a deal, but it won't be for lack of trying, because from what I understand, you know, they've got this whole portfolio of draft picks, including the top 10 protected Lakers pick. Like if they could trade it and a team could take it. And if it's in the top 10, they get it. And if it's outside the top 10, it still goes to Memphis, but they could trade that part of the pick. Uh, and a whole bunch of other picks that they've gotten, both from the Bucks and the Lakers. Um, yeah. And those Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis deals, plus their own picks, which I wouldn't trade if I were them. But um, and they've made uh, Josh Hart uh, available in some of these trades. Um, that have, that part makes sense. Right. You know, they have they, they have the expiring contract of uh, Tomas Sedaransky. Not that that would be an asset, but if you need money to balance the deal. Mm-hmm. So from what I understand, they have talked to the Blazers about C.J. McCollum. They have talked to the Kings about De'Aaron Fox. They have talked to the Rockets about Eric Gordon. They have talked to the Hawks about Kevin Herter, probably more that I don't know about. Uh, Now, obviously, the offers for these players wouldn't be the same, um, but the Pelicans are buying. Do we like the Pelicans trying to buy at this point, Bontemps? I mean... It doesn't make a lot of sense other than that if you're trying to secure your job and secure mm-hmm. a secure the 10th spot in the playing tournament, which is what they're, you know, the two objectives I think that are trying to be accomplished here. I mean, look, if they if the Pelicans trade for a CJ McCollum or Spencer Dinwiddie or one of these guys, I don't think it's that's that I mean, I don't think it's materially changing their future, other than that they have a better chance of making the play-in tournament. And if, you know, at some point Zion resurfaces and can play a game this year, potentially they can win a game or two in the play-in tournament and make the playoffs and lose in the first round to Memphis or Phoenix or Golden State. So, awesome, you know, yeah. So, I, I mean, no, but I haven't really liked anything Memphis has done for about four or New Orleans. Memphis. 
New Orleans is done for about four years. So uh, this would sort of be in keeping with that for me. Look, now, okay, if you're talking about De'Aaron Fox, yeah, I could see that making sense because you're not buying for this year. You're well, buying, that one does, yes. Yeah, you're yes. buying for the years beyond. CJ McCollum at 30 years old, like, dude, the, the, the Pelicans are in a rebuild, whether they want to admit it or not. CJ McCollum, like, you know, and then what are you going to do? You're going to fart around and, and maybe sneak into a play in tournament? Just come on now. Be real. Like, s- selling Josh Hart, where you've got, uh, you know, he's got some value and you can get things that can help you in the future. Yeah. Cause I think Josh Hart would have a lot of interest. Eric Gordon? No, Eric Gordon would be a great fit for a lot of teams that have a chance to do something this season. Yeah. You're not like Eric Gordon and try to get into the play. Because here's the other thing like the Rockets aren't giving you Eric Gordon, at least what they say. You ain't getting Eric Gordon without giving up a first round pick. For a team that's trying to make the play in tournament to give up a first round pick to help that is absolute well, insanity. Maybe they, maybe they won't do it, but that, I mean, there's a lot of smoke. It, was, it feels like there's just a, a lot of smoke in general. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I got a couple of pages of notes of alleged trade stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not excited about any of it. Well, and you, we've already mentioned, we've mentioned the two guys who are probably the best players that realistically could be traded, and that's. De'Aaron Fox and, and C.J. McCollum. So let me ask you this. So this has been reported elsewhere, but I've heard it as well, um, that the Knicks have shown some interest in De'Aaron Fox. Um, the player that makes the most sense in that, in that swap would be Julius Randle. You know, I've run hot and cold on De'Aaron. Um, I like him. I like him as a guy. I like his mentality. Um, uh, and I think, you know, if you could get him, he's under contract. Uh, I'm not sure he really changes that much in that trade for the Knicks, but it certainly mm-hmm. alleviates a deteriorating issue with um, in New York with Julius Randle, both his relationship mm. with Tibbs and his relationship with the fans. Um, but regardless of that, um, you know, the Kings, they're like all over the place. You hear Harrison Barnes, you hear Darren <laughs> Fox, I don't think Halliburton is available, but I mean, let's be yeah. honest. I mean, I don't know if anybody can say they're unavailable. Um, you know, you hear Buddy Heald. They may uh, end up Ma- doing Marvin Bagley the third's available if you're willing to give up like three pairs of you sets, sweat socks. Um, yeah, he is he demanded a trade like a year ago or longer. So um I have no idea what the Kings are going to do. I don't know if they're going to look different eight days from now or if they're going to look the same. It's hard to read. I know they're talking to a lot of people. You know, Woj had a story last week that they pulled out of talking about Ben Simmons. I mean, that's a negotiating stance. I mean, what yeah. are they not going to answer a call from Daryl? Uh, you know, of course they are. Um, anything- I remember a day when a certain Russian billionaire owner got to the microphone and declared that his team was out on the bidding for a certain star player named Carmelo Anthony a decade ago. And Mikhail Prokhorov and Billy King and Bobby Marks, our colleague, uh, left that press conference and promptly called the Denver Nuggets. So yeah. I, I would I Bo- would say Bo- that Bo- posturing is high this time of year. Bobby told the story on the pod recently. Um, he was, you know, we were walking out of the, of the press conference and Bobby said to Billy King, does this mean we're really out on on uh, Carmelo? And then Billy King went, no. 
So, yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, so you've got to be careful of that. I don't know what the Kings are going to do, McMahon. I don't even know if I care what the Kings are going to well, do. Well, I know what they should do. They should they should go into a sell mode because there's not a lot of sellers. Like, again, this, like, fighting and scratching and clawing and hoping you can make the play-in tournament. When, and, like, what? I, the Listen, Kings, they haven't if, made the playoffs in I was 16 say, years. It is the one franchise that might hang a play-in banner. <laughs> um, you know, but I just, I, I think they've got to, like, I would, to me, anybody, but Halliburton would be available, you know, and I, and you're not, That's it's not a word. fire sale. You're trying to get significant yeah. value. Obviously you're not, you're not moving guys unless they're deals that make sense for you, but I would put anybody and I believe anybody, but Halliburton is, uh, is available for the right price. So we, I mentioned McCollum, you know, it, it's been a little bit of a mystery what the, uh, what the Blazers are going to do. Simons, Anthony Simons has played really well. He's a free mm-hmm. agent. You know, I assume that they want to keep him. So it feels it destined makes... to get too much money this summer. Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch assist and game winning shot live and in person. And the best part each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seat Rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP, H-O-O-P. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. Well, it depends on who you from, listen from, to. Yes. Yeah, from who, though? There's not. It's not a great market for free agents. That, I mean, that that could be their saving grace, but I would not I would not be rushing to... I mean, if they could pay him what, say, the Pelicans paid Devontae Graham, you're paying him $12, $13 million a year to be a six-man scorer for you, I like that. If you're paying him $18, $20 million a year to be a starter, I'm not sure I like that. Yeah, yeah so... Um... Those so it'd be interesting to see if they try to move on move on from McCollum to make room in both salary and playing time for Simons, assuming that um, you know assuming that uh, Dame is is healthy and back uh, long term. So we'll see about that. Um, and then Covington and Nurkic. I mean, they have guys who they should definitely be trying to move guys in the last year of their contract this is the yeah. perfect year for for the trailblazers to have a you know a, an accidental tank shut dame down the rest of the season but they've been they've been winning a little bit recently but um they couldn't yeah, beat the freaking lakers last night yeah anthony davis by the way if you're looking for positives in the lakers anthony davis off the knee injury he had he had a spectacular game uh wednesday night and he's been playing very well uh so i don't know what's happening with LeBron. I don't know how serious this is, but again, like there is some, it's a, it's a very, you need like a, a Sherpa to get to through the path, but there is a way the Lakers could still make this happen, but it's listeners it's, are really on top of, of the references here, pal, really on top of it. Listen, you, if you're it. looking for positives for the Kings, they T- Tenzing Norgay, Google <laughs> the, the Kings beat the nets last night and Coolio taunted Steve Nash before his press conference, Coolio, the halftime performer, taunted Steve Nash, said the home team is 10 and 0 
when uh when Khalil performs at halftime and this road trip uh the Nets have lost all three on the road trip, six in a row total. It has not been a fantastic voyage for the Brooklyn Nets. Oh my God. I am tempted. Come along and ride with me, Wendy. Come along and ride, baby. I mean, uh, first off, our colleague Nick Friedel, I've been with Coolio's main income source, I think, nowadays is playing halftimes of NBA games. <laughs> he plays Fantastic Voyage, Gangster's Paradise, and like one or two other songs. As a guy went to high school in the nineties, I love it. Friedel like rocks out. You should see him. Um, Guess who I get Friedel's... to see tonight in Salt Coolio. Lake City? Coolio. No, the next best thing, Friedel. Oh, Friedel. Jolly well, old Saint Nick. Come to Salt Lake baby. City, baby. The, la- the laugh track makes its rounds. He's with the team that's be... just laughing all over the place. Right? Uh, Things are yeah, so happy. James, with James Harden ain't laughing. <laughs> sure ain't. You know what? You know who else is going to be laughing? Whoever pays James Harden one hundred fifty or two hundred million dollars this summer. Ain't gonna be, ain't gonna be laughing Wee. at all. Uh, they're gonna win the press conference. All right. Speaking of the Jazz, yeah, and lose, lose, lose the chance to win championships. So um, Donovan Mitchell has been out a couple of weeks now with a concussion. Um, uh, it's worrisome. I think that the, the word is that he's going to be okay. They're not worried about lingering effects, but he's taking some time to get back. Gobert has been out as well. Um, but more importantly than that is. Gobert and, and, and Mitchell have been at each other's uh, – I don't know if I say at each other's throats. Or, it's it's you know, back to being passive-aggressively awkward. Yeah. And it's, and it's like the most underplayed story in the league right now, I think, because the Jazz are, are struggling a lot. They, you know, this, this team had big expectations, <clears throat> and they're getting passed by, quite frankly. They're, they're not on the level that they were a year ago. Uh, Donovan and Gobert, even though they're both under long-term contract, are under each other's skin. Um, there's all kinds of subtweeting and passive aggressive stuff going on. Um, they were the number three defensive team in the league last year. Um, this year they're 14th. That's not getting it done. Gobert has been pretty clear that he is blaming Donovan for that. Nah, nah, um, I, I, he's pretty clear that Donovan gets some of that blame. He's pretty clear that as a team, they need to, in his words, build championship habits and, yeah. and play harder, be more attention, uh, attention I, focused I, on details. And Donovan's can I read a part a quote? of that. You can. Can I read a quote from Rudy Gobert? This is from about two weeks ago. This is from some of these- right after right after Gobert missed five games with with COVID. They went one and four in those games, and like the the Pistons scored 197 points on them. Yeah. This is from the first practice back after Gobert's stint in protocols. That's correct. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna have I'm gonna have a question after this is over. When I watch some of these other teams, like the Suns or Warriors, those guys are a step ahead of us in terms of winning habits. They take every game personally. Devin Booker is playing his bleep off defensively. I've been watching him compared to two years ago. Guys like that, they buy in, and you can tell they take pride in playing defense at stopping their man, doing whatever they can defensively to stop the other team and be part of a winning culture. I think we're not there yet, but I think we're going to get there. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Was Rudy Gobert talking about Donovan Mitchell in that quote? I think the answer is unequivocally yes. Well, Donovan Mitchell sure as hell felt like that's, the answer was that's unequivocally right. yes. Was, and, and, I heard that quote. So, the first thing I said was, well, there we go. That's going if, right at Donovan Mitchell's neck. If these guys played for the Knicks or the or the Nets or even like the um, Suns or something, Stephen A would be talking about this on first take. Because it's two all-star level players, one of whom is young and superstar quality, 
<coughs> like, like I know that there's the a other lot of, of whom is more valuable. Here we go. So, I mean, like, listen, Stephen A might not be talking about it, but they, they sent me to Salt Lake City. What else do you want, you dude? Like, this, I don't that's want a big I, I want, deal now, baby. I, I want your <laughs> I want your report. Um, you know, there's a lot of downsides that uh, you know being in a small market like Salt Lake City. But one upside is when you have drama, it doesn't go national. Well, there's some drama here, and the the, the Jazz number one trade asset, Joe Ingles, unfortunately just had a devastating knee injury. Yeah. Um, I don't know where it's going to leave his career. Quite frankly, he was already not having a very good year. Well, his trade, I, I, his trade value was low. I, I can tell you this, and I, be, I believe I'll have a story on it soon. But uh, Joe Ingles retiring ain't happening. I was told in very direct, profane <laughs> manner. He's okay. he's he will be back. Okay, well, good. As as somebody who's a fan of Joe Ingles, the guy, and has long been a fan of Joe Ingles, the player, I am happy to hear that. Yeah, so but you know what? Unfortunately, Wendy, when, you can't trade him for value right now. Probably, although well, he's he's an expiring contract, and that's right. You know, you can trade him. Obviously, he's not going anywhere, but maybe you can do something with the team that's looking to get off salary next season. You know, the Jazz can trade a future pick. Uh, we will see. So, uh, having but, said that, the Jazz mm-hmm. have already traded two first round picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, one for Mike Conley, and what was the other one for? Uh, it was to get off of Derek Favors. Oh boy, to save, okay, to save so, some money off of their very large tax bill. Right. So that's two first round picks. They're out. They only have. They only own two. You can only trade picks seven years in advance. Obviously, they own their twenty twenty nine second round pick, but you could only trade picks seven years in advance and they've traded five of those available second rounders. So they're out two firsts because of the, um, not that you're going to trade second rounders and like solve everything, but the jazz are, are going the wrong direction. They have a chemistry problem with their stars. They have a, a systematic problem with their defense. They have a, a lack of assets. They're sitting there watching the Suns and warriors, um, you know, kick everyone's tail and the, the grizzly zoom by Memphis is right. Memphis yeah. is flown by him. It's, you know, I, I don't want to make too much of this, but I'm starting to feel a little bit warm on the seat in Utah. Under well, situation. you know, the, the, so they've, they've lost 11 to 14 now after they beat the, the jazz JV beat the nuggets JV last night. Um, and in that stretch, Donovan has missed eight games. Rudy has missed, I believe, a total of nine. So, you know, obviously those two have their own little issues or whatever. But typically, like when they get those guys in the locker room on the floor together, all that stuff is manageable. I think it, it, at this point, it still falls in the manageable category. Um, you know, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but when they have their starters available, like the Jazz still have a very good record, but nobody here is going to tell you that the Jazz have been good enough this year, even when they have all their guys. Like they recognize, you know, and and part of it is like this thing where the Jazz can't prove anything positive until the second round of the playoffs because, like, hey, they had the best record in the league last year and got bounced. They're in the, the spot round. that Milwaukee was in last year. Yeah, and so you know, but but cruise control until the playoffs. Good luck, dude. You're going to end up starting starting out on the road and you ain't going to get to the second round if you think you're just flipping a switch once the playoffs start. So there's a little bit of that. I mean, there's a lot of kind of, you know, 
little funky things that are adding up to not, not good. And it's obviously exacerbated by the two stars who, you know, aren't going out to, uh, to have a picnic anytime soon. It's also uh, exacerbated on the floor. by the fact that they've had turnover in their front office. Yeah. And they're, they, they're they, looking over their shoulder and here comes Danny Ainge, who is, um, the primary shot caller and a part-time employee, you know, Justin Zanuck is still doing all the, all the day-to-day GM work and basically and Danny Justin Ainge, Zanuck, basically Justin Zanuck, who's excellent at his job, by the way, mm-hmm. Basically, Justin Zanuck admitted he didn't even know Danny Ainge, right? Didn't he basically yeah, say no, that? And the, uh, Danny Ainge is, is Ryan Smith, the, the new owner. He, he's his guy. You know, they're, they're friends. I mean, BYU. Born in Oregon, fine. BYU, Which all that kind fine. of stuff. Like if, if you're a billionaire and you buy the team, you can put in whoever is in charge of it. But are you bringing a guy in the middle of the season who doesn't yeah. have relationships? I mean, you, I, mean I, I just... And Zanuck reports at, to Ainge and, 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 you know, Ainge and Ryan Smith make the, make the decisions. And then you've got Dwayne Wade, like he has some sort of role and he's like mentoring Donovan Mitchell, but like he's. Well, and then you have Donovan Mitchell who, you know, when you talk about jazz front off decisions, how much, how much sway does he have? Significant. He is very close with Dwayne Wade, but like Dwayne's like, sometimes he's there and sometimes he's not. I don't know what his role is. Well, and the the other thing is, you know, when you talk about the, the jazz's culture, part of the culture here, and we've talked about this before and, you know, people in Salt Lake city didn't like it, but part of the culture of this franchise right now is to kiss Donovan Mitchell's butt at every turn. Well, that's not what Rudy Gobert is doing. Well, uh, yeah. And, and I think part of that was the frustration of, Hey, you know what? Somebody's got to be direct and honest. Now, well, Donovan the, the, had the debate internally is, is okay, Rudy, uh, you can be direct and honest and, 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 and not do it in front of microphones. Fair. All right. So the jazz are, I, I don't know what they can do. I'm you know, they've been attached to Robert Covington. I don't know if trade for Robert Covington. I would say based on some discussions I've had that Robert Covington is, is not a guy they view as a solution to their problems. All right. Yeah. Well, keep an eye. Keep an they, they got a lot of them. I mean, to McMahon's point, I looked it up while he was talking. Their starting lineup is plus 13 per 100 possessions over 480 minutes. Yeah. So that, I, I would, if you're the Jazz, you hang your hat on that and say, when we have our guys, like mm-hmm, they did mm-hmm. the first couple months of the season, they looked as good as anybody in the league. But again, like right now, if you look at it, let's say Denver gets their guys back. Like, say they get Jamal Murray back. Like, yeah. If you play Denver in the first round, like that's a, I'm not sure how that series is going to go for you. I mean, you, you play Dallas and, and, and Lucas cooking. That's, that's yep. dangerous. You play Memphis. I mean, if, let me tell you, uh, you know, Moran averaged 30 a game in that series last year. Series only lasted five games, right. but p- poor perimeter defense and John Moran is problematic. Yeah. It's all right. It's so it's nervy times about, for the Jazz. Let's talk about uh, the, uh, your Dallas Mavericks who had a rough loss Wednesday night to the Thunder. Was that game in Dallas? They have managed, after playing so well for a while, they have managed in their last two games to lose to the Orlando Magic and the Oklahoma City Thunder. When you lose back-to-back, not consecutive games to tanking teams, that's tough. Lou Dort was a 30-point game, and that also Trey Mann. 14 straight points in overtime, Lou Dort. Lou Dort. Luca had a a 40-point six rebound tennis performance and took the blame for the loss. And he was a 100% right because as yeah. he said himself, it was his worst defensive performance of the season. And if you go back and look at some of his work <laughs> early in the season, that is a strong statement. Well, Josh Giddy, Josh Giddy caught him 
not paying attention on the game tying inbounds pass of seven seconds yeah. ago and fired a pass for a layup to Kenneth Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, it's yeah. I mean, I, I think I, we've seen a lot of teams losing games uh, like that the last week or so. And I, I think everybody, especially with how crazy the season has been with COVID and stuff, I think everybody sees this all-star break coming and is yeah. like, well, yeah, everybody's sort of, everybody's sort of struggling to the all-star break right okay. now. Okay. So anyway, yeah. Anyway, Trey Mann, who's uh, one of their, who was their other first round pick uh, other than Giddy. Yeah. Um, he had 29. Trey remember Mann, the, who's one of, one of four keepers for sure. Keepers on that Thunder roster. Remember the Thunder could have had like picks. If everything worked out perfect, they could have had picks one and five. Mm-hmm. They ended up with picks like six and 17. Yep. And Gideon Man were their two guys, and uh, they both played really well. Anyway, um, uh, so the the Mavericks, I hear their names out there attached to some things. McMahon, um, <clears throat> nothing that I, you know, sort of bigger things, but like nothing that I think is like super duper like exciting and actionable. What I think the real question is, and I know you've talked about this before, but I'm just yeah. checking in with you here. Dorian Finney-Smith and Jalen Brunson are unrestricted free agents. Certainly the Mavericks can pay them both. Mm-hmm. Um, the question is, will they pay them both? And if that decision is squishy, will they trade one of them? And that is a lot of the trade rumors have been attached to, um, to, to, to Brunson and to Dorian Finney-Smith. Yeah. You hear... I hear all kinds of different things. I hear them talking to the Kings about stuff. I hear rumors of them talking to the to the Celtics about Marcus Smart. I hear rumors of them I've talking. I've heard to, that. I hear them talking to the Hawks about John Collins. But again, like some of this stuff, like these are just rumors. Like like executives are telling them to me. But like again, it's kind of like on my. I write them down on my scratch pad, and I'm like, okay, I'll I'll denote that I heard it. But it's not like something I would like call Woj with and say, Woj, I think this is happening. Yeah. Like let's let's track this down. Like um uh that's you know I you know so I don't know what Dallas is gonna do, but th- but there's a lot of chatter out there. Uh and they have a new GM. So I don't know like I mean and Cuban's gonna be the main driver, but I don't know yeah. how it's gonna go with them. Well I, I can say with certainty that they've shown interest in Marcus Smart in the past. I don't know how much that has been uh recent. Um I have been told and I paraphrase that unless it's a what the bleep are they thinking type of offer that Jalen Brunson's not getting traded. Okay. Um, and, you know, the, 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 the plan is to move forward with Jalen Brunson and Dorian Finney-Smith. Like the Mavericks, they, look, they don't think that their, their roster is, is championship caliber right now. They certainly would like to, to upgrade um, the roster, but it's, it's really hard to do that when – Brunson's making like 1.8, Finney Smith's making four, and they just don't have good salary to attach to that. You know, any salary they like, they would have loved to move off uh, Hardaway. That's not happening after he breaks his foot and, and undergoes surgery. Well, they just yeah. signed him. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and I think there's some buyer's remorse there. Um, but to me, eh, like, you, you, need to, you need to re-sign Brunson. You need to re-sign Finney Smith um, because if you just let those guys go, you're not getting cap space. You're just saving tax money and, and, and saving money. But the best way to save tax money if you're Mark Cuban 
is to put Luke in a situation a few years where he feels like he needs to force his way out of Dallas to, ha- to have a chance to win. So if you re-sign Finney Smith, if you re-sign Brunson, those guys are helping you win games. And if something pops up, like they'll still have trade value. Now, they could have probably gotten an extension done with Brunson before the season, and they still technically can leading up to free agency. But that extension is, is uh, you know, there's a cap on it because the Bobby Marks explanation that I'm not smart enough to explain. Long story short, with him coming off it, of that. It, it, it behooves him to have a fresh, brand new deal, not extend his current one. Long story yeah, short. they can offer four years and like 55. Jalen Brunson's looking to get paid more. Uh, there's been a lot of s- speculation, whispers around like, well, Brunson might want his own team. In other words, Brunson might want to be a full-time starting point guard instead of you know playing off of Luka. Uh, I, I can say with, with confidence that Brunson's preference would be to stay in Dallas, but it's not. he's not taking any kind of discounts. He's trying to get paid as he absolutely should. His his preference should be, you know, he's he's made very little money in his first three years, first three or four years. Yeah, his three priority years? is his four. priority. Yeah, four. His priority is to get paid. His preference is for that to be in Dallas. Okay. Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, money first. Yeah, and and you know, I think the same with with Dorian Finney-Smith, who the last you know an undrafted guy who's been a great developmental success story. The Mavericks signed him when he was a thirty percent career three point shooter. He shot in the upper. Th- 30s in the three years since then on a on a three year twelve mil uh, deal. He's been a great bargain at four mil a year. Um, he's the kind of guy that every good team needs. He, Dorian Finney Smith is who people think Robert Covington is because he actually can guard one through four the other team's best scorer, and he's a, a three and D guy, great role player. Um, you know, some people I talk to around the league think Finney Smith could get up to fifteen mil a year. Um, that's considered the floor based on people I talked to uh, for Brunson. The Mavericks, I, you know, they're looking at this saying, uh, not a lot of teams with cap space. Uh, those yeah. teams are rebuilding. They've get, they've invested in young guards. Hmm. Market might be closer yeah, yeah, to the mid level. I'd yeah, say good luck yeah, with that. It's hard. Well, it's hard to look at like San Antonio and, and Orlando, two of the teams with cap space, or even uh, Oklahoma City, and say, boy, yeah. they're in the mood to pay a role player, you know, 15 million or, or, or Brunson when, you know, the, the, the Thunder have Gildas Alexander and basically Giddy's is their point guard, you know, DeJounte Murray, Derek White, some of the young guys in San Antonio, Orlando's just drafted Suggs still have Fultz, you know, uh, Hampton. I mean, they've got a lot of young guards they've invested in. And so, but here's the thing, if there's a sign, if, if, if Brunson and his agent find a, a, sign and trade situation where he's got a much more significant offer on the table. You can't lowball him if you're the Mavericks. You can't that like that's just you can't create well end of the day of, end of the day I don't think they're going to trade him. Right I now. agree with that. I agree so. with that. I I don't think the Mavericks do anything that is going to be uh, a, a needle mover before the deadline. I'm not saying they won't uh, you know they're going to try I just I look at their lack of assets. Yeah, they're just limited. I think it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Bon I'm just I mean, you know, I know everybody's like, well, Ben Simmons this and Ben Simmons that. I'm just not like I'm having these conversations to get a feel. And, you know, who knows what percentage I'm hearing. But like, I'm not excited about any of this, to be honest with you. Uh, Do you think James Harden will buy that house that Ben Simmons is trying to sell? (laughs) Maybe. 
<laughs> Maybe he can afford I think, it. I mean, look, I think there's a few things working against this being an interesting deadline. One of them is the fact that most of the good teams have traded all their picks, right? So generally, the best way to make trades is use picks and some salary to get a better player. Well, if none of these teams have picks, then you're talking about trading player for player. That always gets a lot more complicated. So there's the first thing. Second thing is there's a lot of teams that are either trying. Most of the teams are trying to save money or trying to duck the tax because the fact that the salary cap was flat the last couple of years and is only now just starting to go back up means that there was a lot of money that piled on top of each other. And you've got a lot of teams that are hovering around the tax line. So there's not a lot of flexibility for teams to say, take in 6 million and send out 10, right? Cause if you do one way or the other, one side's going to be in the tax, the other isn't. And with this being a record year for tax payments, teams don't want to be in the tax. Now, let me stop you on that. So like, that's the thing. See, sometimes I think fans are like, well, you know, the tax is penal, but like, what are we doing here? Why, why are we trying to save, you know, 800,000 or, or 3 million or something like that? That's not the way you look at the tax because like you look at the Celtics, the Celtics are like, how much into the tax right now? Bon temps, like, like three, mil- two, three million ish. Okay. I don't remember the number, but it's right. It's l- very little bit. Okay. So you'd say if they, if they somehow made a deal to save that 3 million, they would save that $3 million plus another, like how much in tax money, like maybe 6 million or so. And not, say it's a total of four and a half million in savings or so. Okay. All right. You say, well, four and a half million dollars. Do you want to try to make it to the second round of the playoffs? But not only do you get out of that tax or that salary, but then you're able to get the disbursement from the other tax paying teams, the, the money that from the luxury tax, Goes from the taxpayers to the non-taxpayers, and you're going to be north of ten million dollars. Yeah, it's going to be north of ten million dollars this year. And you right. also don't want to be in the in the repeater tax for sure. That's a, that's a factor for teams that have high payrolls over a long period of time. So with the Clippers paying so much money, and the Sixers paying so much money, and the Nets paying so much money, and the Lakers and the Bucks, teams that aren't getting out of the tax, it's going to be potentially the highest tax payout ever. So the difference between being a couple of million dollars into the tax and getting out of the tax is potentially a 10 to $15 million move. And that could be the difference between you making money and losing money this season. So that's a factor. And again, that's all boring stuff. Like who cares about the ledger? I just want to win tomorrow's game. But when you, when, you know, when you talk about trades and like when I hear like who the Rockets might trade Daniel Tice to, for example, like, have time in my life taken up by this conversation. I remember um, he's on the roster. Yeah. Um, like w- when I go through that kind of stuff, it's like, you know, and again, I mean, we're about to do right after we're, we're wrapping this, which we are in a minute here, we're going to record this thing on trade deadline moves, the actual deadline day moves. And I looked back at the last 20 years and like 98% of them, I didn't care then. And I don't care. I really don't care now. Right. You well, and the other um, the other thing that's impacting this thing, too, is the fact that there's a lot less sellers than there, there even used to be because of the, the playing play-in. tournament. Yeah. And there and like fan people might look at it, and go, oh, why are teams trying to get in the playing tournament? Well, again, to go back to the beginning of our conversation about this stuff, look at a team like the New Orleans Pelicans. People like to stay employed. And if you make the playing tournament, you may make the playoffs, right. maybe stay employed. And so it's, it's easy to say <laughs> from the outside, oh, yeah, trade these guys away tank, blow it up, try to get draft picks. Well, if you bl- tank and blow up and try to get draft picks, that gets people fired. Well, you so, know you know who uh, Sam Presti really thinks should be a seller? 
<laughs> he thinks the Clippers should be sellers this year. Yeah, I, sure I, I, I listen, listen, hey, hey, Steve Ballmer. I know you've got you know hundreds of billions of dollars, but you don't want to pay that tax. Man. I don't know about that much, but he's maybe far, Sam yeah. Presti will get you know, lucky you, and get the yeah. first and second picks in this year's draft yeah, with should, the Clippers pick. You should have a fire sale. You should have a fire sale there with the Clippers. There are some things happening with the Clippers that you hear rumors of out there. Where you like, what are they doing? Like some of the stuff that I hear, I'm not going to say it right now, but like. You hear like some of the. If it happens, he'll tell you he knew it though. Of course, he will. he'll be all over. It. <laughs> just like just my like the Carmax trivia. trivia question, yeah. he'll, he'll have it just on lock. Yeah. But like you're starting to wonder, like, um, what are the Clippers doing? Because the Clippers are having some conversations, looking to looking to do some things. So I'm like, I don't get it. There must be something else going on. So I don't know. We'll see um, what that is. All right. Thank you, Bontemps. Thank we'll you. Talk to you man. after the trade deadline next week. That's right. We're gonna. This will all be over. Hooray! Thank, thank God. Uh, uh, God knows how loopy I'll be at that point. Uh, oh my God. Can you, I cannot wait for the trivia question next week. Oh, I <laughs> bond so is excited. in charge. It, it's been taken <laughs> off. It will be an accurate yeah. trivia question. I can promise the listeners. Oh that. my God. I know such a terrible botch. Oh my God. My <laughs> credibility. My credibility is so damaged. Thank you to bond Thank you to McMahon. Thank you to Jackson. Who I'm sure he's going to edit out that mistake. Have Better a good not. weekend. We'll talk to he's you. He's a good, talk he's a good man. Soon. He will not do that. Talk to you next week.